says, get that India, big boy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How's everyone travelling tonight? Yeah. Uh, always better after a good Parramatta win. Come on there. You have to be a bit louder than that. That's three wins over the Panthers this year. Come on, how good is that? Uh, for those of you who are regulars, you probably know who we are, but I'm John. That's Craig. We're from the Cumberland Fro. This is the Tip Sheet Podcast. We're live from Jack's Bar and Grill for the post-game reaction to the round 20 win over the Penrith Panthers. Joining us this week is one of the Parramatta greats. It's Pete Wynn. Everyone, ladies, oh, ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for Peter. That's right, 175 first grade games, three matches for Australia, six for New South Wales, 43 tries for the Eels. Hey, that's a pretty good strike rate in, in those games. I just didn't score as many as I'd like to, OK? <laughs> Okay, now, a lot of people may not know this, but Peter Wynn actually kicked off the Cumberland throw for us way back at the end of 2015 when we were starting out. Peter was the first person that we asked if he'd have a chat with us. That's the end of 2015. They demolished the building that we had that chat in over the other side of the, uh, of the league's club. I don't know whether that's important of times to come. <laughs> but, mate, we're still around. Yeah, you blokes are amazing. Yeah, you do such a good job. Uh, okay, so how are you travelling at the moment, mate? No, I'm very good. And I'm very excited to be here tonight amongst so many Parramatta fans and uh, to see such a great win by the Eels tonight, yeah, certainly it tops the whole night off. Look, it was a fantastic night. And just on uh, how you're travelling, I was talking to the Bear Bob O'Reilly recently and I asked him how he was going. And the first thing he said, he wasn't interested in talking about himself. He was just interested in talking about you. So <laughs> there was obviously a lot of love between the Parramatta players back then. You know, a nice platonic love, we would stress. But it must, must have been good to be in that group with so much love that's there all these years later. No, I'm quite flattered by that. Actually, my two best mates are Mick Cronin and Bob O'Reilly. So we do a lot together. And quite humble that he thought of me the bear because he doesn't usually think of too many other people beside himself on most occasions. So, no, very fortunate. But I'm all right. I had a hip replacement recently and a couple of heart attacks, but I'm still standing. <laughs> We've had Steve Ella, Neville Glover, Dave Lydiard, uh, Brett Kenny, all, all former greats on the show here live at Jack's Bar and Grill. And one thing that really stood out to us was that there's a lot of banter and camaraderie between you boys. In particular, we know that Stephen Edge, Edge is real good for a little bit of a nip and bite there. Uh, we, we know that uh, going back to a function of you boys, there was a cheeky little line he threw your way saying that Peter was a very underrated player, and <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> yeah, he's probably <laughs> right, I'd say. 100% correct. Well, Edgy was our captain, so anything he said went, okay? Is, there was no arguing from was, me. Was uh, Edgy the best of that, or was that someone else that had his measure? No, I think Edgy took it. I mean, he was the next St. George player, wasn't he? He'd come to Parramatta, had a lot of glory over here, so we don't mention that too much, but uh, obviously he did well, led here, uh, captain aside, and won, won three premierships. You can't do much better than that. <laughs> now, the player reunion is on here at Injack's Bar and Grill on the 20th of August. Uh, are there any former players in particular that you're looking at 
uh, looking forward to catching up with? Actually, I will say something. Every year we have a reunion ourselves, the 81, the 82 and the 83 side. So we go away to the Gold Coast. So if anyone's up in the Gold Coast the last weekend of October, we stay at the casino for three days at Coolangatta. So really, uh, no, I'm not looking forward to seeing anyone other than that weekend, okay? Because it's three of the longest days of your life, all right? <laughs> Sixties caught up with the guru at a gig recently, and obviously he's killing it on the guitar. A couple of weeks ago, we had Neville Glover show us off the fresh dance moves. Uh, last week, Steve Ella told us Brett Kenny's secret talent. What have you got going for us, Pete? Or what have you got that someone else, someone else in the Parramatta legend sort of uh, group? I've got, I've got nothing. Oh, I've come got on. nothing. <laughs> come on. No, I haven't got a lot. <laughs> well, what you, what you do have going for you is a knack for retail. 60s, how's uh, Peter Wynn's score going? No, that's good. Uh, probably something I dreamt about doing when I was a kid was going into business. So probably playing for the Parramatta Reels was another dream that I had living in the country. and. You know, growing up there and coming to the city to be able to play rugby league at the highest level and, um, and towards the end of my career as a teacher it was an opportunity to come along to go into business and I'm still standing, still there. How, how many years is that that Peter Wynn scores been running? I had hair when I started. <laughs> 34 years. 34 years. That, oh my that's, goodness. that's really what you call an institution. Absolutely. Have you got any special sales coming up that people here might be interested in? I'll do everyone a deal here. If they mention you two guys, come in to see me tomorrow. Okay, so all you have to do is go into Peter Wynn's score, mention the Cumberland throw, and he'll do a deal for you. Okay, <laughs> so how's that sound? If you don't score here... Exactly. Yeah, if you don't score here, you'll never score. And we can't talk about your, your shop without talking about jerseys. Each year in the NRL now, it feels like there's more and more jerseys than ever for each club, whether it's a specific cause or an event. Uh, is it a significant commercial advantage for the club and the NRL to have more jerseys, in your opinion? Yeah, it's amazing. I think when I started business, there was a sponsored jersey and an unsponsored jersey for each club, and that was it. But nowadays, each club has about seven jerseys. Mm -hmm. But the reason being is that the NRL loads up each of those jerseys with a 17% tax, which goes back to the club. There so the go. wholesale price is loaded up. So they, they collect that money and, and distribute it back around the clubs. So the more jerseys, I suppose, the more are bought and the more money they, they generate. Can you understand why people like the a traditional jersey or they might like to have the one jersey that they can identify with as a club? Oh, it's, I think it's the colours. I mean, I'm looking around here now, it's all blue and gold. So it doesn't yep. really matter what goes with it, but so blue and gold are the best colours. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to ask you, there's been quite a few Parramatta jerseys over the years. Putting you on the spot, what's your favourite Parramatta jersey? I don't know. I'm just looking around and see if anybody can remember back as far as me when I played my first game. Does anybody remember who the sponsor was of Parramatta back in 1979? A famous grouse, yes. And what's the and what's the famous grouse? What's famous grouse? Scotch whiskey. Yep. Scotch whiskey. Yeah. So that was the sponsor of Parramatta way back in '79 and 1980, pre James Hardy. So that's probably my favourite jersey. Played my first first grade game over here at Cumberland Oval and wearing the famous grouse. Now these days, you'd be there are a few of them, but you'd be hard pressed to find a back rower that doesn't tip the scales at triple <laughs> figures. Yeah, they're big boys, aren't they? They're amazing. I think um, when I joined Parramatta, I was 88 kilograms. Yeah, 88 kilograms. That's actually probably 
about the same or maybe even a bit lighter than Jake Arthur. Yeah, I think you're right. But I think I finished up. So when I got out, actually, I wasn't that smart. I went from the second row to the front row. <laughs> I might have finished up at 105 kilograms when I retired. Well, that, that's a fair size. But if you were playing in today's game with the full-time training, the gym work, if you were to guess what sort of playing weight you'd probably come in at, what, what would you say? Oh, look, I dream about being a player in this modern day because that's all you had to worry about. I mean, I was a teacher. I had to work every day. Now everything's just there to do the training, the appetite, the diet, you know, the physiotherapy, everything's there for them. But to answer your question, I like to think I might have come in about 110 kg. And, and do you think might you would have been playing back row or, or, or yeah, in the so. middle? Well, I was definitely not smart enough or fast enough to be, in the back, be a back, all right, so I'm in the <laughs> forward somewhere. The Eels have had a couple of homes over the decades since their inception back in 47, but now looking at Combank, the players, let alone the spectators, have access to some world-class facilities. Casting the die back to Cumberland, oh, is there anything special about that ground for you? I know, I love Cumberland Oval. It's just amazing to come to that ground and to be actually run out. The fans were so close to it. It was just a, a wide cricket pitch, a wide cricket fence around the outside, a little grandstand, everybody's on top of you. You know, just getting into the ground, they get 14, 15, 20,000 people over there. And everybody used to stand. There was no seating for anyone. And do, just we have, to, do we have anyone here who's old enough to have gone to Cumberland Oval and remembers Not going me. back to Cumberland <laughs> Oval? <laughs> what about comparing Combank Stadium to Cumberland Oval? Anyone want to go back to the old days? Because <laughs> Peter was just talking about how much he enjoys a cold shower. <laughs> yeah, there was. Actually, you can't believe when Jack Gibson came to the club in 1981, there was um, there was two dressing sheds on the on the on the home team side, and Jack took the wall out because he didn't want any differentiation or any bias amongst the players. So we all had one big dressing shed. But the other thing that he did in the opposition dressing shed, he painted it pink. I don't know if anybody knows that, but Jack painted the opposition dress shit pink because that's a depressant. <laughs> so he was trying every trick he had under his in his belt, Jack would try. And nowadays we have the Penrith Panthers playing in pink. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and a very popular jersey, actually. I, I was going to say that I, I had heard that that was one of the best-selling jerseys yeah, in the well. NRL, the pink jersey. Yep, especially a winning team like Penrith. That gets a lot of support. Now, the... Um, the Panthers versus the Eels is now billed as one of the big rivalry matches. Going back to when you were playing, I really don't recall a great deal of rivalry, not like it is now between Penrith and Para. Is that was that the case or was there something more to it even back then? No, it was always tough games. I think probably uh, my first game for Paramount against Penrith was here at Cumberland Oval. But the next time I played against Penrith might have been a year later. At, um, I've got some bad memories about it. Actually, we played Penrith at Penrith Park in 1980. We missed the semis by a point in 1980. Does anybody know here how many draws Parramatta and Penrith ever had? How many draws? Had, uh, had one draw, 1980, 19 all. <laughs> and we missed the semis by a point. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so that's not a good memory. So I was very happy to see Parramatta win by a big score tonight. I was actually I was hoping they win by about 60 at half time, but yeah. it didn't happen. It would have been nice, but we'll, we'll get on to uh, your thoughts on that in, in a moment. 
Well, it's a, it's a nice little way to start teeing it off because Sixties and I previewed this game on Thursday and he was quite down on Parramatta following that loss to Brisbane, as was I. But I ascribe myself as irrationally hopeful coming into this clash. What were your feelings for the Parramatta Eels coming into the tabletopping clash against the Penrith Panthers? I think we'd shown we can beat them, you know. We beat them in the first round, so I was, I was half confident the fact that um, Penrith had a couple of players missing, that Steve Crichton and the 5'8 Luai. So when they were out, I really thought Parramatta had a good opportunity not to win the game. And to top it off, Cleary gets sent off, so probably their three best players weren't out there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously that's a big part, that was a big part of the game. Yeah. Was it the sole factor, the Cleary send-off? No, I think Parramatta were alluding at that part of the game. I mean, by about eight points. Yeah. But I just think, I think Parramatta got an opportunity to try a few things, throw the ball about. I think that game tonight would have given the Eels a lot of, lot of confidence going to next week's game. We've been critical of both Quentin Gufferson and Reid Marnie in 22, feeling that their form has been a bit down since their season high or career highs in the last couple of years. This week, they produced something that was much closer to their best, and I think it showed in the way the Parramatta Eels responded as a team. Did you like what you saw from the 1-9 and nine tonight? Well, that's what I say. I think they had an opportunity tonight against 12 players to really get their confidence back. So I think they'll go on to bigger and better things as the season goes on now. Now, looking at the game itself, Parramatta Eels win 34 to Penrith's 10. It was a fairly high-quality game. Obviously, Penrith in the second half found another gear, but 84% completion for the Eels, 91% completion for the Panthers. It doesn't get much better than that from two... Panthers had 91%. 91% completion. What so, did Parramatta have? Uh, 84, just a 84. tick under 85, yeah. yeah so, I guess you, as a former player sitting there, I was having Parramatta be involved in a bit more defence. Yeah. I'd like to see Penrith had a bit more ball, but they would lead like that. It would have been good to see Penrith get a bit more ball, so... He doesn't get the defensive structure together. But a win's a win. We'll take it. I'm happy. Well, I mean, you always celebrate a win, but to get, as I said at the start, our third victory over the Panthers this year, including the trial, it's unlikely that you're going to get... I mean, there may not be another team that beats the Panthers, although with Cleary likely to get a suspension and Luai out, uh, we've probably set it up for upcoming matches, uh, opponents. Might get them four four times, eh? Looking at that second half, why do you think it got a bit tighter? Oh, well, I think Penrith, I mean, they've got 12 players. They're going to be tired, you know, but, but also, they've got pride as well. I mean, you're talking about the Premiers. They're, they're a very good side, Penrith. Come down and underestimate them. And the big game's coming ahead. They're going to lift Ithaca. So they're a very good side, and they're waiting for opportunities to do what they do in the game. They were there to win. Don't worry about that, you know. Yeah. And consistency has obviously been the big keyword for Parramatta across yep. this season. We know they can beat the best. Win Penrith, loss. Penrith twice, Melbourne, the Roosters, some absolute firecracker games yep. there. What are you looking for from Parramatta over the remainder of the regulation season to set them up for a deep push into the finals? I think what's got to happen for Parramatta to go to the next level is that all six forwards have to be switched on for every game. Junior Paulo has got to advance the ball. Campbell, Regan, Gillard. Obviously, Madison as well, a big Sean Lane, but the games are won in the forwards. You might not agree with me, but that's where the games are oh, won. Oh, no, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're big fellas ourselves, so we like to see the big men I mean, do I, well. I mean, we laid the foundations for Brett Kenny Without and Peter Stelio. Oh, we Without did all the hard work. Get, those backs get the glory. Yeah. They get the glory, but the tough stuff's done in the middle. 100%. <laughs> so who, who was your best on field tonight? Yeah, that's a good crowd. I think Reed Marnie had a good game. Madison had a good game. Um, 
Yeah, probably I'd probably go a little read Marnie from what I saw. Bag the double. He was he was dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was quite dangerous. Took every opportunity, capitalised on opportunities, and and it was try he scored on the post was quite amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was we we saw him returning to form at a time when I think when we needed him yeah. to do so the most to really stand up both him and the captain. It was unfortunate last year he got hurt. Read Marnie if you remember. So that if he can stay healthy, maybe yeah. he can take us to the next level. Well. I mean, we could talk about that, the Panthers finals match last year for a whole lot of reasons, but certainly having a dummy half yeah. would have helped us, just a dummy half. Uh, so what, I- what are your expectations about where we're going to finish now? Are we still a chance for the top four? Still a chance, yes. Some big games coming up. I'd look at the draw before I come in here. You've got the Melbourne Storm, mm-hmm. you've got the Broncos, uh, you've got the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's a pretty tough draw, but I think if, um, if you're going to win, you've got to beat those blokes anyway, so who cares? Just get out there, be ready every week and get the job done. Well, Peter, as always, it's been a pleasure <laughs> talking to you and catching up. Yep. Uh, are you happy to have a few photos, sign a few uh, autographs? They don't mind having a photo of a bald old man, do they? <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone have a round of applause for the great Peter Wynn. Thank you for having me along. And as I said, if you'd like to grab a photo with Peter, grab an autograph, I'm sure he's, uh, he's more than happy to do so. What do we got here? Bega loves Parramatta. Well, shout out to Bega right there. Anywhere else loves Parramatta besides Bega? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, earlier tonight, can you hear me, This mine. Test it, yeah, yeah. We've got, we've got quite a crew of uh, the Cumberland Throw here tonight. Anyone that wants to have a crack at us about some of our opinions, these tab- two tables here. We've got our Cumberland Throw content creators here. And right now we're about to introduce you to the man responsible for all of our Twitter, Mr. Mitch Clark. I'll tweet about you later, Goal. Uh, Good evening, everyone. Uh, We thought this would have been much more sombre after uh, tonight's game, but somehow... Uh, what is? It? Are you saying officially three and zero this year? I, I'm calling it three and zero. There's a tragedy that we count a trial game. Only Eels fans would do that. <laughs> but two and zero over the Eel, uh, over the Panthers in the regular season, uh, giving me plenty of ammunition on the uh, Twitter at the moment. Uh, mate, I, I've got to ask you. We just had Peter Wynn on. He's had, a, he's had some photos taken. Are you free for photos and autographs yeah. after this? Uh, my mum has all the photos she needs of me. If anyone else is interested in photos, uh, good luck to you. <laughs> I'll have to ask your uh, intentions, I must say. <laughs> all right, so, let's, let's talk football, mate. Parramatta Eels get the 24-point win. Much-needed boost to our for and against as we hunt down that top four spot. That first half was a roller coaster. What was the highest high amidst all the chaos that was happening on those first half points. I must say, when Nathan Cleary got sent off, I was happy with the penalty and then I thought, oh, maybe we'll get 10 in the bin here and then it went to centre. We were all sitting, it was like the Holy Spirit hit us. We all just (laughs) sort of fell over ourselves uh, in complete shock at that point and um, 
didn't really know what to think. Uh, it was one of the more joyous moments of my life, I must say. <laughs> Nothing against Nathan Cleary. Good luck to him. Um, thanks it for Origin, Nathan Cleary. Uh, but no, we had a, a wonderful time. And then from there, it was actually disappointing that we were already on top. We were up 12-4 at that point, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, so I wonder what would have happened uh, if it just progressed as normal uh, and whether or not we'd still be as jubilant as we are right now. Well, mate, if the season had have ended with Cleary being sent off and Parramatta in front, I would have taken that moment just then. A it sniper was a could have shot me, I would have died happy. <laughs> the, the delirium that was around our, our seats was something to behold. Now, just on what you've said, is there a part of you that still would have liked to have seen Parramatta get the points over a 13-man Penrith team? Oh, look, if you gave me the choice, I'd prefer a 13-man uh, victory and then we'd really get to crow about it. But there's something valuable in everyone will talk about Nathan Cleary. No one will talk about Parramatta. Uh, and we're a timid and terrified enough fan base that we're satisfied with that. <laughs> that we'll just stay out of the spotlight. No one will look at us and... Maybe if we close our hours really tight, we might make it to week two or three of the finals. But could we be the only fan base that would sit there nervously at half-time with a 30-4 lead playing a 12-man team? Us and the West Tigers, you would have to say. <laughs> Us and the West Tigers. Always maybe, catching strays. Maybe the Warriors, maybe the Raiders, but definitely uh, us and the Tigers were terrified at half-time. This is something that Craig and I have spoken on the podcast this year. As much as we've struggled for consistency, like almost hair-pulling out frustration, are the Eels a team that's built to beat the Panthers in the storm? I, I guess it is better that we perform good against good teams because they're the sort of teams that end up in the finals <laughs> next year. Uh, we are no longer referred to as flat-track bullies, which I think is a nice change. Uh, Mitch Moses has done everything possible to reverse that impression of him. He no longer loses against uh, good teams and beats the bad ones. He's flipped the script completely, uh, and I'm terrified to play the Bulldogs in a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, mate, what... What do you see happening for the rest of the season now? Are we still going to see this fluctuation of joy and sheer pain and heartache for the last five rounds? There's five rounds till the finals. I think Eels fans are the only fan base in the NRL who are not at all surprised by Parramatta. We are the most consistent Parramatta team uh, in the history of the NRL. This... No one in this room is surprised when Parramatta throws away a, you know, a 14 point lead against a table topping team or loses against the Dogs or the Tigers. We're like, oh yep, that's, that's Parramatta in a nutshell. Uh, we're delighted when we beat the uh, Panthers, but we'll see how we're feeling in week two of the finals. Uh, if we make it that far, of course, don't jinx it. That's another rule of being a para fan. Never, ever, ever <laughs> jinx the game. Um, I think we're incredibly consistent, and that means wildly inconsistent. Rugby League Twitter is the Wild West of our online sports. You're our helmsman, you've got the six-shooter. Who are the best and worst fan bases online, mate? Uh, I have a pet peeve with Tigers fans. Uh, for a team that has wildly lack of success, and I know what that's like as a para fan, but a, a, a team who hasn't tasted finals football in over a decade they sure do talk a big game uh, and Panthers fans for the very opposite reason because they have everything to crow about and they certainly do 
And we've had the NRL roast on our podcast, and he's shouted out the likes of Cameron Munster and Brandon Smith as the best online personalities. I think Christian Welch too, trio of Melbourne players. In your experience, who's got the best Twitter game? Who's got the best social media game among active NRL players? From a para point of view, actually, Dylan Brown is underrated, I think, on Instagram. Uh, para play, sorry, NRL players in general tend to stay right away from Twitter. Uh, and Christian Welsh is sort of the only one who sort of wades in just because he's so darn respected. Um, but Dylan Brown does have good Instagram game for those uh, yeah, yeah. who like a blue and gold flavour. Well, he did introduce us to a new player the other week. There was Isaac Papala'a, <laughs> who looks suspiciously like a player that we've had out in the field for the last couple of weeks. Okay, what Defin is... Tw- definitely going to the Tigers, everyone. Just keep saying that. He's going to the Tigers. Don't look sideways. No winks, no nods. Definitely going to the Tigers. What's the Twitter takes on that? Is, is it that he's going to the Tigers or are the Twitter takes he's staying at Parramatta? Parramatta fans get more and more confident with every question we ask him about his thoughts on 2023. Uh, so between you and I and the 50 to 100 people in this room... Uh, Hopefully he stays in blue and gold. And look, if that was happening to us, we'd be blowing up, but it's not. So we're completely fine with it, and I'll be fine with it until further notice. I'm going to call it. You're going to call it on the, on the podcast in front of these people? I'm going to call it Ice Stays. Whoa, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Does... Yeah, so he's done then. If you've <laughs> the seen Craig's betting record, it's yeah, done. it's over. Well, he's well, actually just quit rugby league. He's taking up... Lo- <laughs> Next thing you'll see, ice at the Commonwealth Games, thanks to that, that mock that 60s just put on him. Now, Manly's on the horizon, Mitch. That's important for the Parramatta Eels, but equally so for you. They've got some pretty good game on social media. They have very good game on social media. I cannot go toe-to-toe with Manly oh, I was going to say, how do you prepare for it, or do you just wave the white flag? I just stay right out of the spotlight. Until we win a premiership, there's nothing I can say uh, that is going to trump uh, what we look like. Maybe if we get the wood over them next week, I'll be able to knock them out of the finals. But um, at this stage, <laughs> they're still a threat, and... Being a Parramatta fan, I never let uh, threats go down easily. Well, speaking of the football itself, travelling the Fort Pines, do the Eels back up? What do they need to do to beat a Manly team that obviously has their own sort of torrid lead-up to this game? It's just frustrating watching Parramatta because we just show flashes and you're like, just keep doing that. The intensity that you saw die off in the second half tonight. Reed Marnie's first half versus Reed Marnie's second was like a completely different player. It was a Space Jam-esque they took all these talents. The monsters. Yeah, the monsters in the in the halftime sheds. Reed Marnie just became a shell of himself. And that's sort of just a, an, an incident or example of the difference of Parramatta week to week. Uh, the, the team that showed up against the Broncos last week was almost the team that played the 40 minutes tonight. It didn't make sense. Whereas the first 40 minutes, there was an intensity. We were getting up. We were hitting people in defence rather than just tackling them. Uh, every Parramatta fan knows what good Parramatta looks like. We just can't figure out why we can't get it for 80 minutes. Extra layer of spice to the game next week. Rumours today, Marty Tapout wants out of Manly, wants to come over to Parramatta for the rest of the year. Does that add another wrinkle to the game or is that just the... Oh, I, I think, to be honest, Manly aren't silly enough and I'll, I'll take the grain of salt with that, but Manly might not be silly enough to allow him to play next week. Uh, but with that said, 20 minutes of Marty Tapout feels like a pretty good deal to me. I don't want 25 minutes, just 20 will do. 
uh, because we look pretty flat, let's be honest, when our front row rotation heads off. We saw that again tonight. So as soon as Matto, Paulo and Regan hit the, hit the uh, pine, uh, we look pretty average. And so maybe 20 minutes of Marty Tapao will add a bit more spark in our attack again. So, look, I don't think Marty Tapao is a world changer, but he might just be the uh, dose of medicine that we need in those 20-minute blocks where we look pretty average. And he certainly doesn't compare in the beautiful stakes to Ryan Madison either. <laughs> Ryan Madison is just a little drop of sunshine. He's an unbelievable, just, he's got the play to back up his incredible face and physique. <laughs> I have to ask, does he own a shirt? I don't think he owns a shirt. Tank tops only. I've been clearing them out of any, any shirts that he has in his wardrobe. I sneak in and just rip off with them because <laughs> anytime he wears anything but a Neil's jersey, it's a disappointment. <laughs> well, I, I think we're probably at that point now for the 3-2-1 for tonight's game. Peter Wynn went for Reed. He thought that that first half carried the weight of that performance. Plenty, plenty of great performance here. Junior Barlow going just under 200. Once, I, once I've flipped over the grades to my man goal, I actually don't think too much about MVPs anymore. All right. Uh, I actually thought Papa Leahy, he was outstanding tonight. Everything good that we did, particularly in the first half. Uh, I can't believe how high he got for that first try. <laughs> he uh, got for some hops. I, honestly, he's a ball, so he must have bounced into <laughs> catching that. Uh, so I might get him somewhere in my 3-2-1. 240-20s for Mitchell Moses. Yeah, Five thought, out of six off the tee. Yeah, Moses probably has to flip his way in there as well. Just trying to flip my way around. And, and Junior, Junior Barlow is probably going to end up somewhere in my 3-2-1 Try as well. Try to read money as well, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was very impressive. He was probably our most impressive in the second half too, I would say. Yeah, when he came back The on. only person who looked really potent yeah. in the second half. Uh, I thought was Junior Almost in the, in the back Almost punched the line end. immediately once he, he came back on. He did, looked very good. Set the tone. Yeah, and when he plays well, we play well. I'm a sucker for a good game from a big man. I'm going to go Junior for my three. There you go. I'm going Maddo for my three. He was good, very good. Looked good too. He, he does look good. I'm interested. Goal. Goal, can we get you up here for a sec? <laughs> oh, shit's off. Oh, oh here we go. He's been he inspired by Ryan Madison. All the right, jacket's mate. off. <laughs> Squeeze in there, goal. Thank you. Now, who enjoys the grades on TCT? I because like them a little this bit. Is, this is our man. This is Goal. Goal writes the grades. Goal writes the previews. Best in the NRL, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. All too kind. Who's going to get your man of the match tonight? Look, from first glance, I'd say Papa. It, uh, he seemed to be dangerous in the right time in the game. I generally like to reward the guys that perform when the game's on the line. Mm -hmm. So him and Reed probably. Hasn't been many times where I'd say Reed Marnie no. gets a man of the match yeah, this we, year. We've, we've been harsh on Reed this year, but I feel within reason. That's why I think tonight's game gets my two points because he was critical. And it just shows you the difference that having your half, or your half back, your dummy half and your fullback firing makes the Parramatta else. Yeah, and look, that try, the second try, was it? The dart over from dummy half. It was pretty easy, but he has struggled at times to make basic play, like basic reads, basic runs like that. His decision-making hasn't been great at times, so um, let's hope it keeps up. Yes, let's hope it's the start of something big. I've got to ask you, how many A's are you likely to be handing out tonight? Less than I would have after 40 minutes, I reckon. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, we'll uh, we'll see. I'm going to watch the replay in the morning, uh, look at it with fresh eyes. I think I'm going to be fairly kind to the boys tonight. <laughs> Look, the one thing, especially as a Parramatta fan, when 40 minutes of football, good football is maybe all we can hope for sometimes, you really just got to enjoy the wins. Yes, no matter how sir. they come, no matter what happens. And tonight we beat the defending premiers, the team that has only lost to Parramatta this year by 24 points. That's a good result. It feels like a four-point win to me. It feels like we got four points out of this. I know we only got two, but just with where we're positioned on the table and the action that's going on around us, I don't know, it just feels like there's a bit of extra impetus, there's a bit of extra importance to it. You're doing pretty well there to still have hope for that top four, I reckon. <laughs> I think we are cooked. I think before last week we needed to win, what, six of seven to make that top four with our for and against. And uh, look, we gave it a bit of a boost tonight, but I'm just trying to hang on to the eight right now. Great win tonight, but I still have no faith that we'll put in that great effort again next week and even less faith against Souths in two weeks' time. Well, the, the South game is here. That doesn't seem to make much difference, does it, when we play South Sydney? The venue doesn't seem to matter whatsoever. The uh, halfback doesn't matter. The coach doesn't matter. It's They're kryptonite. Yep. They are eel kryptonite. But were you expecting to be having the Fs already for tonight? Like, before the game, what was your thoughts? Look, I was really worried that we'd play well and lose. I just thought Penrith had really come out fired up. They did. They came out too fired up, apparently. But I really didn't want us to finally put a good effort in for the first time in a month and then have them beat us anyway. I mean, we're the only team to beat them this year. Twice. And the way that they... They should have really been coming out trying to get one up on us. And they couldn't do it. Yeah. So I was, uh, my main real worry was that I thought we were up for a good, get for good game. I mean, we're always good after a loss, apparently. <laughs> and us losing playing well after having so many weeks of dealing with the trash, I wouldn't have been able to bear that. I, I, I just want to preempt something. I want, I'm, I'm trying to see if we can get an early scoop. What's going to be the most unexpected take you're going to offer from tonight? be it on a grade for someone or about the match itself? Is there is something that most of us might not take from the game? Right. It's going to be unbridled joy. <laughs> I think, like, look, at, look at the faces around here, the fans, everyone's seen, even coming in here afterwards, everyone was just like, oh, that second 40 were no good, eh? Really wish we'd gone on with that. Beat the defending premiers by 24. It was an absolute hammering. They, the game was over at halftime. I'm just going to try and bring that joy. I just try and change minds one at a time. And, and you know, it's funny you say that too, because uh, a couple, there were a couple of people that were saying, oh, you know, similar sorts of thoughts. And I'm thinking, we've just beaten the Panthers by an almighty score, regardless of the fact they've got, they had 12, down to 12 players. But if you can't get some joy out of this, let alone... A win, but and, a big win. And as much as we played within ourselves in the second half with the game secured, critically, when the game was there to be won in the first half, we went for the jugular. And that, that is important psychologically, I think, for the team, is that the game was there to be won even before Cleary was sent off. But once he was gone, we went for it. We, we buried them, 
And we know that Penrith, even with 12 players, is still a fantastic outfit. Look at the second half. But they just couldn't go with us. Yeah, that game was well in our hands by the time Cleary uh, made that tackle. And look, very one-eyed uh, kind of... Ooh, shouldn't say that. Very, very Parramatta-esque... Um, <laughs> Par- Parramatta-esque approach to it. But... Uh, Sorry, lost my train of thought off that one. <laughs> you did yourself with the, uh, the little in joke well, there. Well, we, we were way on. We were we were on our way to being to a pretty another Penrith win before Cleary did that, and maybe Cleary wanted to try and turn the tables in that game a little much. You know, try and take <laughs> Quite the team back. And yeah, he he uh, did it the wrong way. But we were we we. It's hard to say that we forced the error out of him. Because you know he dumped a guy on the, dumped a guy on his head and uh, standing tackle sent off, off the sent off. Head. But it felt like we were just draw, we were drawing unpenrith like moments out of them, and we Good do call. that fairly regularly. We we are just that team that gets them. Yeah. Okay. So we've we've pretty much covered our our number one pick for best on field. Each of us. Your next rating, John. I, I went for Reed. I think. Like I said, having influence from dummy half like that is so important to this team, and I want to see more of it from him moving forwards. Yeah, I, I would have, I would have picked uh, probably Gutho tonight. I was critical of him through the week. This made me eat my words this week, but he did play the sort of football I wanted through the middle. Goal, who, who'd be your next in line? We going for the the one point? In no, the, we're at the two. Or at the two? Okay. If I went Papa number one. Um, Papa for the three points, I'd probably go Reed for the two. Um, honestly, I'm going to have to watch the replay to really be There's a lot of strong the, on, this, yeah. on this one. There's just so many, so many moments in that first half where that was where, where the game was won. It doesn't really matter if you've made 200 metres in that game. It's who was killing it in that first 20. Fair call. Is that's, that's who I'm going to be looking for. But, uh, yeah... Papa Reed and then question mark. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ice for my one. So I've gone uh, Maddo, Gutho, ice. And I'll go Gutho for my one point. But with the asterisk that there's quite a few players that could easily be in there. Ice, Maddo, Moses. Uh, gosh, Dylan and Sean Lane were good, although Laney did fatigue a bit in the second half. Uh, in, the, in that first sort of 50, 60 minutes, they're outstanding. Laney has to be the most Parramatta player in, he's he's in the, the barometer of how the Eels are going, isn't he? Yeah, he's a guy that'll play 80, like full chat, 40 tackles, 150 metres, and look like a world beater. And then other weeks, he's gone after 20. <laughs> so it's, we have to sign him for life, basically, <laughs> if he's the most Parramatta player. <laughs> yeah, look, what? I don't know if I can deal with a lifetime of Sporting <laughs> Lane, but good Sean Lane, I am all here for good Sean Lane. <laughs> Uh, well, there's nothing like having an identity as a player. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think I think that pretty much... Yeah, I think it's a nice place to wrap it up. As yep. always, really appreciative to a wonderful audience live here from Jack's Bar and Grill. Peter Wynn, what a fantastic guest. We had Mitch up, we had Go Up, absolute bust. Hope you enjoyed the 34-10 victory, ladies and gents. Like Golf said, you just got to savour these ones. Yeah, and... Uh, We'll be sticking around for a, a bit of a drink and a, and a chat over around here. Uh, thank you for coming tonight. Go the Eels. Go Para.